All right, I'm excited to have Drew White from Create Tailwind on the show today. He's going to drop some bombs for you guys that are especially trying to build wealth. So, Drew, tell us a little bit of background. Give us, give us the, give us the two-minute intro as to, you know, what got you here, where'd you come from, you know, the standard, right? Give us a little bit of color. <laughs> yeah. So my background is as a pediatric nurse for ten years. Um, Didn't see that coming. Nope. <laughs> and uh, so I graduated. That's really what started my, my journey, though. I graduated with over $150,000 student loan debt. Um, and I didn't come from, you know, I didn't really know much about money or anything. And that was kind of like, I, you know, started putting the math together, like, wait a second, I'm down this much already. I'm making 35000 a year. Like, I just don't see how this adds up. I didn't have a wife and kids yet, you know, and so uh, I, I, you know, I admit that I, I was a Dave Ramsey guy for a bit. Um, I'm not so much anymore, but, mm. <laughs> but he kicks, I will say he kickstarted my financial journey. Um, mm. and so, you know, I was just kind of like, and people were telling me to do things, you know, like go get a house, do all these other things. And I was like, where's this advice coming from? You know, like, and so that really just led me down a path of questioning and starting to figure things out for myself, reading, and then realizing like, you know what, a lot of people that uh, have wealth are doing real estate, right? And then um, one thing led to another. I, I provided notes for mobile homes for a bit and then found my way to um, becoming your own banker. And so um, that's the that's the two minute version of how I, I got here. <laughs> I, I love it, man. Cause, I mean, I literally was just doing a training on this a half an hour before we, we, we hit the record button about how folks leave college with $150,000 in student debt, and they invest all of that to do a thing that pays them, you know, you said $35,000 a year. I think my, 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 I think I said 45 this morning, maybe I was giving people yeah. too much credit. And yet what we don't do is we don't invest in ourselves after college, right? We're mm -hmm. petrified to hire mentors and coaches. We're petrified to, to take risk on ourselves after college, yeah. but it's, but it's okay to give it to an institution. hundred percent. That's, that's, yeah. that's uh, my wife and I would talk about that. It's like, I had a lack mindset for a long time. So it took me a bit to realize I needed coaching. And then my wife's the one that was just like, it's an investment in yourself. You know, it's yeah. the same as what you did. It's paying tuition, you know, yeah. to learn these lessons. And then not, instead of having life be that tuition all the time, you know? And uh, so I'm, it's the same, same for me. It took me a little bit to get there. When I got there, I was like, why didn't I hire a coach sooner? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about what you learned. You're doing things differently, obviously, than, than when you graduated college. You got through yeah. the Dave Ramsey era of the, yeah. you know, keeping the middle class, the middle class. We won't go down yeah. that road. But, uh, <laughs> but now, you know, you're, you want to build wealth. So you're, you're, yeah. you got a different mindset on, on money. And, and so tell us a little bit, give us a peek behind the curtain. What's that look like? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, for me, that journey started with looking inward and mm -hmm. saying, what are my beliefs about money and starting there? Um, because I had just never even considered how I think about money, right? Like I, yeah. and I mean, I did this exercise once that a coach gave me and it was like, you just start by writing money is, and then you just go, you write for like 10 minutes. And if I, I still have it, but I, if you look at it, it's like the first thing I, I wrote is like the root of all evil, right? Yeah. The things that you learn growing up like that. And so for me, that's really where it started. Um, and then just reading and I really like, I'll, I'll devour podcasts. So for me, that's like where I've learned just a lot about my mindset, about looking at money. And then, like I mentioned, going down towards real estate and even like doing the mobile home note thing that actually started from a place of scarcity. I didn't want to, mm. I didn't want to do debt. 
I didn't want to, I didn't understand leverage yet. And so it was like, well, I could do this and just pay cash for these homes and, and, you know, and then finance them. And so, um, but the real, the answer is I really started with looking at myself, I would say, and my mindset around money and wealth. I love that. You know, my mentor once said, he said, the people that think that money is the root of all evil haven't given enough away. <laughs> that really hit home for That's me. That's good. Yeah. It really hit home for me when he said that. So was the mobile home a note financing piece, your first kind of real iteration into, you know, using money as a tool and, and leveraging it? Yes. Yeah. That was like really the first time uh, around that time. Also, my wife started, you know, looking into starting a business. She'd always been entrepreneurial. So those two things kind of came together. But yeah, I had um, I had really just always talked about doing real estate and read a lot about it but I had never um, considered doing it. And so I just came across it and was like, you know what? I knew like, I need to have passive income coming in to build the life we want. And so I thought, I'll give this a shot. You know, I mean, I may lose a few thousand. I hired a mentor who's an expert at this. He's actually still doing, he's pretty phenomenal at it. But um, so that was kind of like, you know, I'm just going to get my feet wet. And then I knew like, I don't think I'm gonna do this forever, but I just want to learn and do this and, and, and get started. So I, I made myself just do it. So I love that. So I was, I was actually going to ask you, how did you get, so you hired a mentor. He's the one that kind of gave you the marketing, the approach, how to figure out how to talk to these sellers. And ultimately, what did you pay cash for the first one and then just turn around and, re, and finance it to a, to a buyer? Yeah. So I, I hired him. Um, I can't remember. It was just, it was a couple thousand. And then we, we also went on, on the first few deals together. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I listened to his podcast for a bit. And finally I told my wife, I was like, I think I can do this. And I always, I was a four, I mean, semi-college athlete, but, but I always knew I'd respond well to coaching. So I was like, I might just have someone show me and his program. I mean, within a month, I had my first one, um, because it's just very like action oriented. It's like, okay, post this ad, do this. And I had someone call me and they were going to give me the home for free. And then they ended up saying, well, I think we should get something. So they gave it to me for, you know, I, I shouldn't say gave it to me. I bought it for $500. Um, wow. So, and honestly, I would not buy that one again. Um, but I, I still, that's the thing about mobile homes is you can, you can make some mistakes and still come out. Okay. Sure. Um, so I, so I flipped that. I think I sold it for like 6,500. I had to put maybe 1500 in to get it cleaned out and all this stuff. But um, after that, I did a big old actor action review and I did not repeat a lot of those <laughs> mistakes sure. that I made the first time. But yeah, so I bought so I bought that one. I flipped that one just for cash. But then after that, because um, I was desperate to get out of it, I started nice. doing the financing after that. Nice, nice. Hey, I mean, listen, I wouldn't do my first 20 flips the way I did them, but yeah, a thousand right. flips <laughs> later, you start to learn your lesson. I think, I think the moral of this is like taking action. If you didn't do that first one and learn a little bit of, you know, a little bit of road burn along the way or, you know, yeah. getting getting some of those uh those dings, then, you know, you wouldn't, maybe you would have kept doing it and done it the wrong way. Right. So, right. yeah, you know, so I think it's all, it's all good opportunity. So, you know, you start to do them continuously and how many, how many did you end up doing? Like, what did it look like before you started to uh, kind of get yeah, into I, that? Um, I don't have that. I think it was in the 12 to 15 range. And then okay. just kind of like, as I started doing the becoming your own banker thing and learning a little bit about the economy, I started realizing one of the one of the downfalls I'd say of that is like providing the financing is so say like I have a, I still have a few notes and they started a few years ago and they're paying me 300 a month right for that well 300 a month two years ago isn't the same 300 a month right now yeah and I can't raise their rents like you can if you own something else like a, a, sure. you know so so for me I've just recently really transitioned to like okay I'd like to upgrade and start you know doing some apartment investing. Um, and so trying to find my first one for my wife and I to, 
to own. So I've just recently really started to transition kind of out of that. And I wanted to do parks. I still know a few people in the game, but uh, mm -hmm. very competitive right now. <laughs> yeah, super competitive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know a few guys are in that too, and it's, uh, the, the bigger guys, and, and they're 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 constantly fighting for for turf. Yes. Like yeah. Turf even board. the two guys I know, their mentor didn't even know it. He yeah. came in last minute and took their deal. They didn't even know that that was going on. So it's very competitive. <laughs> so let's jump to infinite banking, right? Because I know that's uh, that's a big part of what you do today. And you know, we have actually had. A couple guys in the last, you know, I want to say in the last year or so, um, come on and do infinite banking. So I want to, I want to ask you some questions that are maybe a little bit different about it because I think sure. that the basis of a lot of our um, listeners probably have the concept around it. But mm -hmm. you know, you're a professional. You, this is what you do for a living. So, what are some of the things that people kind of misunderstand about infinite banking? Like when they turn around and say, you know, this is something I want to learn, mm -hmm. or it's something I want to do. Where do they get confused? Like, where are the yeah. pitfalls? Because I feel like we've explained this, and and, and you know, before you answer, I feel like we've explained this to people so many times, and then people are afraid to take action. Like, they yeah. still don't, you know, go out there and execute on something that I believe is probably one of the most impactful, important things that you could do. Especially, I don't care if you're a real estate investor or not, but if you are, it should be an ancillary part of what you do, right? You should yeah. take that yeah. asset at producing income and go and, and you know create infinite banking with it but 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 where do you think people fall off where do you think they, they, they get confused yeah i would say the biggest thing that i get is people think it's an either or situation so it's mm -hmm. well like a lot of times i'll talk with investors and they say you know well yeah right now i'm looking to buy this property i'm looking to do this but then maybe eventually and they kind of kick the can down the road and yeah. and i i we call it an and asset because we're like no 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 do both like you can put yeah. the money here you can do this at the same time and you get more advantages this way. I would yeah. say the other thing too, is honestly, people just say, they'll say to me like, sounds too good to be true. You know, there's gotta be a catch mm -hmm. um, yeah. or whole life insurance is a terrible product. Dave Ramsey says so, so does Sue Zorman. So, <laughs> and so they, you know, a lot of times too, I think people just don't do the due diligence. They've heard something. Um, it's like a lot of things you hear, you hear, I mean, for me, even I had to overcome the whole life insurance because I had the Dave Ramsey thing. And yeah. so, you know, so I think you hear something enough times that people tell you your whole life, this is a terrible product, don't do it. And they're right, the traditional way of designing it, it is not a great product, but if it's designed properly, then it is a good product. And so I think sometimes people also just don't take the time to learn about it enough and say like, oh, the, you know, there is something like better out there, <laughs> so. I feel like I have to scratch this itch only because you brought it up twice now, but like there is an absolute, just so the listeners understand, 0% chance that Susie Orman and David Ramsey don't have life insurance, right? oh, yeah. don't have whole life insurance, Zero, zero percent chance because yeah. every human being who's wealthy in the United States has whole life insurance, right? Like yes. it, it, they all do. This is, this is a wealth building concept that that's yeah. 500 years old. I mean, like the concept that, that, that this, that they wouldn't have that is insanity to me. Why do you think it is that they try to, they try to keep their audience at bay with this type yeah. of thing? Uh, I think a lot, like it's like a lot of things, right? Follow the money. So the the term, um, it's you know, are the, the phrase buy term, invest the difference or invest the rest. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Art Williams. I may be botching his name that came up with the slogan. And I think, again, I don't, I won't throw the company out there, but there's a company that he's tied to that also Dave is tied to. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's maybe some financial incentive, right. To maybe push them towards something that they get money from. 
Um, but you are to touch on what you said though. You're right. Like, um, we tell people all the time, like they get worried, like, well, what if the, what if Senate and what if they come in and change the laws? And we're like, they're all doing this. Like the, the last yeah. four presidents, they all have these policies, you know, banks, yeah. banks have bank owned life insurance fully. They all yeah. do it. So you really think they're going to like mess up what the banks are doing, what they're all doing? Like, no. Yeah. And, uh, but you're right. They are, they're all doing it as well. And, uh, so, you know, I think, I think probably there's, um, it's kind of, you, you, you said this, I'll quote you about maybe keeping middle-class where, where they are a little bit there yeah. too as well. Yeah, you know, if you keep them in, in the middle class and they keep paying their monthly dues to to listen to Dave, then you know they don't get right. enough to, to outgrow him. Yeah, but yeah. let let me backtrack a second because you touched on something that I think is a super important thing. Nobody, I don't think a lot of people understand this. Talk about Boley for a second. Talk about the leverage that's created just by banks alone in the life insurance game. Yeah, yeah. So they will. They you can look at their sheets. There's a website. I'm, it's slipping my mind, but you can go see what they put their money in, and they max out their bank owned life insurance to the legal limits that they're allowed. And so yeah. they're, so, you know, one of the guys in our group says, um, if you walked into a bank and you said, you know, teach me what you guys do with your money. Like, well, one, the bankers wouldn't know, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, two, like they would never do that. Right. They don't want you to look under the hood. Um, and so they're doing that. And then the other thing that banks are doing, which is again, the becoming your own banker thing, is when you deposit, like the reason they advertise to you for deposits, right? Like you see it all over the place, like put your money in, my, open a checking account, open a savings account. Well, they need a deposit so they can go lend money out seven to 10 times. And so what, you know, we're teaching is do that in your own system, right? Lend that money to yourself. And so that's what, that's a lot of, so banks are already, they're leveraging your money. So why not you leverage your own money? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand that concept to any to any level. When you, when you start talking about it, most life insurance guys get it right. But when you start talking about this infinite banking concept, folks, you're depositing money. Try walking into your bank and asking for ten thousand dollars cash. Yeah, your bank doesn't have ten thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah, right. They are literally yeah. leveraging every penny you give them, and mm-hmm. and and a lot of that. I don't know what the percentage is, but the massive amount of that is in life insurance. The bank is actually buying life insurance, yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and, and again, it's it's a leverage piece, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a class A asset. It's a you know, it's a it's it's an insurable asset, and it, and it's making them interest against the money that you're they're paying you 001 percent on. Yes. Right? So <laughs> it, it, it's it's just it's a tier one asset is what I meant to say, not a class A asset. But I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking real estate here for a second. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I digress. All right. So let's get into the concept a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, you know, maybe a client of yours or, or um, you know, a, a coaching client of yours who's had some crazy success and, you know, maybe something that surprised them, you know, through this infinite banking concept. Maybe they leveraged a piece and, you know, it came back to them and they, they went, holy crap, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the, the one thing I do love about it is everybody does it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I can, you know, I, I can share even how I use mine, but like, so one client I have, he's a flipper. And yep. so he started flipping and doing that. And he was, and he actually, instead of like, so some of us say, well, you still, you can still leverage the bank's money, right? You can use it as use your money as a down payment, um, then go get the bank loan but then still have just like you would have the tenants pay back your loan, you know? Um, but so he'll actually finance his deals through his, through his whole policy. He'll skip the whole bank process. He'll buy for cash and then he'll just keep running it through. And so he was three months in 
And it was going so well, he called me and needed to expand his policy and, and wanted to go back and see if he could, you know, make it a little bit bigger um, because he was just putting, he was just trying to basically get everything in there because there's a few other things too, like, you know, I'm not a CPA, I'll say that, but when, you know, any CPA I've talked to, when you set up like say, so what he's doing is setting up like a hard money loan to himself instead mm -hmm. of he's taking that part out of it. So he's paying that interest back to his system um, and, and recapturing that plus the profits go in there. And so he's getting some tax benefits from being able to write off that, you know, hard money loan um, to himself that he would have given, that he would have done to the bank. So, um, and then, you know, I've, you know, I've done some things as well. Like uh, I, I am a big Bitcoin guy, full disclosure. And so yep. I took a loan and bought some Bitcoin last year, early last year. Um, so there's just lots of creative things you can do um, in real estate and other things with it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and along with going with you said earlier, which is it's a with thing, not an end or thing. Right. I, I always say it's like my forced savings account. Right. Yeah. Because what, what a lot of people do, well, they put money in savings, but then when you open up your bank statement or your or your app, right, and your, your checking account's low and your, your savings account's high, what do you do? You pull your money out of your savings, put it in your checking, you spend it. Right. Right. But like, this is a way where, you know, for at least for me, I'm always trying to push money out of my out of my grasp. Right. Mm -hmm. I want I want money to go away. So like if yeah. I have money in my checking, I put it in my mutual fund or I put it somewhere yeah. I can't see it. This is one of those things where every month the money comes and goes directly to life insurance policy, which continue to stack up cash value. And really, unless I go to leverage it, I can't really see it. I get a statement once a year. I don't pay attention yeah. to it. It keeps growing. Yeah. Right. And so I yeah. think for a lot of folks, you know, especially type A personality, real estate investors who are constantly moving and jiving, right? Like this is one way to just, you know, create a benefit along the side of your business that will, you know, have a death benefit. You know, we're all going to die. That, that's mm -hmm. a certainty, right? You're, you know, yeah. but what happens, and I don't think anybody thinks about this, that you get hit by a bus, right? You could be in the prime of your flipping career or your, you yeah. know, investing, building a portfolio career and hit by a bus. What happens if you have kids? Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's an insulating factor into what you're doing alongside of while you're doing it. Right. Right. And it's it's um, like, you you know, your show legacy blueprint. Right. Like so mm -hmm. it's a legacy thing, too. And there's ways, you know, um, the the like godfather of of becoming your own banker in his book talks about that, you know, he took policies out on his grandchildren so he could pass it down. That's another way to pass wealth yeah. down. And then he actually started even transferring his policies to other people as he, like he had, he had an insane amount, like 40 something. And then I heard something near the end of his life where he's like, I'm down to about 20. I'm still working on, you know? Um, and so, but it's also, you know, there's, and something that you touched on that I wanted to hit real quick is that, um, you know, you're talking about like, you don't want that money just there, right. You're moving it out. Yeah. It's like the, the wealthiest people I've met are keeping their money in motion, which is again, like this, this system. And, yeah. uh, and like, you know, I, I left out a good example, but another guy I, I met just like a month ago, I was, he's doing very well. And I was like, how are you using your system? I'd love to hear what you're doing. And he actually takes money he's setting aside for taxes. And then he lends it out to flippers at like 18%, you know? So, so even money that's like sitting there for taxes, you know, yep. he's not, he's not letting it stagnant, you know, keep it stagnant. He's just keeping it in motion. So it's like, um, I just wanted to hit on that. That's a big thing that we talk about is you've got to keep money in motion because you're losing if you just have it sitting there. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Drew, what did I, uh, what did I forget to ask? What didn't we cover? <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think you hit it. I think that's a good foundation for people. I, I like awesome. it. Yeah. 
awesome. Tell, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you know, website, do you have an event coming up? Do you have a product? Yeah, um, you can go to my website. It's ibcdrew.com. Um, I B as in boy and then C Drew. Um, I have a, I have a free, like little three day intro course to just, you know, see if it's something you're interested in. And there's an assessment on there too. If people are interested in chatting with me, um, and, and are seeing if it's the right fit for them or not. So. Awesome. Yeah, Drew, you really give, you give us a lot of color on infinite banking. And like I said, we've done this a couple of times in the last year, but I, I love to get the different angles, different exposure, you know, again, folks, if you're listening to this and you have, and you've maybe listened to the last couple that we've done, like, I think, I think we're trying to drill something into your head here, right? Finally take some action, reach out to a guy like Drew, talk to him about it. Um, this is definitely a piece that should be in your arsenal. It's definitely a piece that's in mine. I'm not trying to sell you anything, but the reality of it is if you want to build long-term wealth, um, this is an this infinite banking concept is something you have to learn. You should learn. And, um, you know, I subscribe to it. So Drew, thanks for being on the show, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Joe. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks,